The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Hey, welcome to the Hunt Guy Podcast. It's been a while. We moved. We've got a cool property. We actually have a lot of really nice deer on this property. So it's going to be a fun season for me where I've got the ability to hunt at home as well as having our hunting camp. So I should be able to get out a few more times. Won't have as many IOUs that I owe my wife, which she never really holds me to anyway. But uh, should be a really fun season. My season starts officially today. I am headed to Wyoming. We are going out on an elk hunt, my uh, son Clayton and I. And this was his gift for his high school graduation. So we are going to go out there and he understands how lucky he is, but I don't think he really understands because an elk hunt is my favorite hunt. It's something I cannot wait to go on. I haven't went on one in a long, long time. Honestly, I used to elk hunt uh, quite a bit. Had our TV show, Sporting Dog Adventures, switched to almost all waterfowl and upland and just never could get away to do an elk hunt because it just takes time. So we are going out to Wyoming. We're hunting in a zone that is in between Teton and Yellowstone. Should be some big country. It's bear country and should be a lot of fun. Now, our hunt starts on Monday. Right now it is Thursday. We are going to drive out partway tonight, get out there Friday. Why are we going early? because I want to get my son and myself up in the mountains, hike around to start to get used to the difference in air. If you've never hunted at altitude, it is a total difference. Now I've hunted in Northern Idaho where those mountains are between four to 6,000. I think the highest one was like 6,700. You don't really feel it there, but I've hunted in Colorado by steamboat right on the continental divide. And that was something. We camped at 9,500. We hunted all the way up to 11.5, which was getting toward very above the tree line. And you just, it takes your breath away. Even skiing, if you've ever skied the mountains. I went from skiing in Wisconsin to going out west and skiing in Colorado and going, I'm tired going downhill skiing. It doesn't make sense. You are not doing that much. But just how your body processes is completely different. So we're going to take a couple of days. We are going to get out there, get some exercise, go on some hikes, have some nice dinners. It should be a lot of fun. We weren't necessarily going to do this, but my son ended up being able to get off work. I work for myself, so it worked out well, but it'll get us a chance to really get our boots broken in well, even though we've got them broken, get some miles on them in the mountains get ourselves where we are used to the temperature difference. If you've never hunted in the mountains, the cool thing is, well, cool for some, you have to hunt a lot of layers because you will literally start out at 30 degrees in the morning and our weather is looking like it's going to be 68 to 72 degrees by the time you get to the latter part of the day. Now the animals are going to probably move early and then a little bit late. You'll have to hunt the dark timber for them when the sun is out or hunt the uh, shady side of, of of some structure on the mountains so that uh, they'll probably be laying in the shade. 
but overall you were talking a 35 to 40 degree difference in temperature so it is something that you want to pack lots of layers you want to have water food you want to have your survival equipment along but ultimately you want to be able to shed layers because you are going to go from where you are cold in the morning as we're riding up on horses to you are freezing your tail off once you are up there and you are you are in the middle of the day and then it's going to be where you're where, where you're boiling your butt off when you get to that hot part of the day so again it is something that everyone if you love hunting try hunting in the mountains elk hunting is great if you get out there i hope they're still bugling it is for people that have never went hunting in the mountains if you've turkey hunted it's like hunting a turkey that wants to kick your rear end and is about 800 pounds or more it's just such a fun trip and we just can't wait to get out there now our our hunt is five days it's uh, my son and myself with one other guide so it's a two by one i also have a mule deer or whitetail tag so that's kind of the low priority i bought the tag because while i'm going to be there i might as well have a tag but we are going to be in a position where we're out there hopefully we get a chance at a couple of nice bowls and bring a lot of meat home for the freezer my son did preemptively buy himself a chest freezer because I told him, I'm like, hey, I don't have room for two. So if we do score two, we're going to have a lot of meat. It is honestly also elk meat is it's one of my favorite meats that we have uh, that I've eaten in my life. It is basically for me, it goes pheasant, elk, duck, deer, and then whatever else I've tried, squirrel, rabbit. I'm not a huge fan of those, <coughs> but Elk is a very good tasting meat, so it's really something that it'll be all that we eat this year if we just get one along with uh, whatever deer we get. But ultimately, I might even make a few friends happy if we get two and give a few away. So again, next up in on the uh, Hunting Guy podcast, I want to talk about the importance of sighting in your rifle when you want to hunt like this. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that. And we'll talk about getting rifle sighted in and what we did. We'll have all that more coming up after this. Welcome to Boucher and Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Estamos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. All right, welcome back to the show. So we're going on our hunt, and I'm a Wisconsin guy. I've always hunted northern Wisconsin. You think you're taking these shots that are 100 yards, 150 yards in the woods when you actually take a rangefinder out, which I did once I started bow hunting. I'm realizing, man, I'm shooting most of my deer at 60, 70 yards because of how brushy it is. I always sighted my gun in at 50 yards. Maybe I shot 100 yards. And I always shot a certain type of round. <clears throat> that was an expensive round. And I always felt like, you know, it's an expensive round. It's worth it. The animal, uh, you should have a good round for taking the animal. It's humane. And it was something that once I went out to Montana 
we were going on a mule deer hunt. We went to sight my gun in with that expensive ammo. And again, this was top-notch stuff. My gun hated it. On a pie plate, we would hit the pie plate, but we could not pattern anything where we had tight groupings. And it wasn't because we couldn't shoot. It was just how the gun talked to the ammo and the ammo talked to the gun or however that works. But it did not like that ammo. And I know people will say that's BS. I am here to tell you that it is not. If you go on a hunt like an elk hunt or a mule deer hunt or even a whitetail hunt out west, make sure you are shooting at 200, 300 yards to make to, to understand what your gun is doing and that your ammo works well with the gun. Now me, I've shot a lot. Um, I was in the army. I was an expert uh, marksman in the army. I did police works. I've shot a lot of rounds. For me, it's more, I just worry that one, the ammo's patterning well with my gun and two, that I'm confident. I did not shoot at 300 yards this year. I shot at 200 and I bullseyed three times. And at that point, I'm like, all right, so my pattern is tight. I am solid at 200 yards. I'm really confident in my gun and my ability right now. If I would have taken it out to 300 yards and had a bad shot or two, it just got in my head. Again, when I'm shooting and they're this far apart, I know the gun is on and I know that the rounds work well for my gun. So I made the executive decision to pull back and not hunt or not shoot at 300 yards or any more 200 yards because I know the gun's solid. I know I can make the shot. So that's where I went. Now, I did end up looking at the box of my shells, which it'll tell you what your drop is. What I sighted in at is at 200 yards, I'm sitting, I'd say about an inch to an inch and a half high. I did that on purpose because then at 300 yards with an elk, I can put it right on midsection of the, of the animal and shoot if somehow I don't realize how far it is or I, or I just get rattled and I don't think. But I know that my bullet drop from there is about, oh, I'm running probably about another three or four inches. So again, they're a big animal. You don't have to hold high if you have it sighted in like that. So I will be able to put it right on and pull the trigger or just aim a little bit above where I want to hit and it's going gonna, it's gonna to just hit home, hopefully. Hopefully I don't get elk fever and uh, screw the shot up, but I know the gun is on. So if there's any failure, it is completely on me. Work with your ammo. It is tough because right now it is so hard to find ammo. We've actually saved all of our rounds. We're going to start reloading with our mech marksman uh, that does uh, shot, uh, just not just shot shells, but they do uh, metallic. So we're going to start loading our own so that we know exactly what to do for our rounds so that they are dead on. But in a time when you're trying to get yourself sighted in, depending on your rifle and caliber, it is really tough to find rounds. We ended up getting eight boxes of shells, three of one type, five of the other. I'm shooting the, the boxes of three. My son's shooting the boxes of five. Again, same grain. I shot both. They were different. Same company that makes it. But that is where we're at. We both have our own rounds. We both have plenty to take out there. Clayton had never shot, honestly, I don't think ever over 100 yards. He is solid at 200 yards, and I think that's about as far as we're going to go. Um, wanted to make sure that he was comfortable. He was hitting good groupings on that pie plate. Uh, a little bit off as far as my liking if we'd go out farther than that. So we're going to do 200 yards in a cloud of dust for Clayton. But he is confident. He shot a lot so that he knows he can make the shot. 
and we are definitely set for this hunt. So next up, I wanted to talk to you about our last part of the hunt, which is when you get out there, having good footwear, having good gear. All that and more coming up after this. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. Dog kennels can be beautiful. That's the basis on which we built Hunden. We give you the opportunity to have a beautiful kennel that blends seamlessly with your home decor while providing a safe and comfortable respite for your dog. Visit hunden.com to see all our custom selections and start building your dream custom doggy crate Denza. Hey, welcome back to the show. Last up, we're going to talk about gear. You want to have rain gear that is solid, not just a rain poncho, not just the cheap stuff that I've used my whole life, but you want to have good quality rain gear that you can hunt in all day. You want to have yourself good gloves. Now I've got heavy gloves. I'm going to look funny because they're duck hunting gloves, but I've got gloves for riding up in the morning when it's colder. I've got good quality, uh, coats that come up to my neck. I've got a sweatshirt that has a built-in gaiter. I've got an actual separate gaiter. We've got a we've got uh, sweatshirts with hoods. I've got everything that I can do for making myself comfortable, including I've got a heated vest. And man, if you haven't had heated clothing, it is phenomenal. So I've got my heated vest. I'll put a sweatshirt on, put my heated vest over. I can just click a button, let it go. I don't think I'm going to need it past once we ride up in the morning because I'm going to be warm, but I'll have that along. And then I'm going to wear one layer under my hunting pants. And then I've got really comfortable boots. Now I splurged on boots this year. I've got a wonderful pair of boots that were very expensive. They are broken in and I can't wait to get up there in the mountains. You want to have a boot that really laces all the way down to the end of the toes. So it sets your foot so you can hold your foot in place and then have it where it's got good flexibility, good grip and comfortable for you to walk in. When you have this gear, yes, it's an investment, but with this gear, <coughs> I don't wear it for other things. I only have my hunting gear for the mountains that I wear for the mountains. When I talk about my footwear and in my rain gear, everything else is kind of, I guess you can wear just about any time, but I want to make sure that I have this gear that is set up so that I'm comfortable, so that I'm safe, and so that I'm not going to use it at other times because of the fact of I want it to be I want to want to rely on it once I'm out there. So good boots, good rain gear, lots of layers, heated vest. We are ready for the hunt. Now I'm going to try to talk to the guide and get him to go on to uh, the show. So if we have a hunting guy podcast while we're out there, it will be without video, but we're going to try to get on that with him. And also hopefully we can give you an update midway through our hunt. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Wish us luck. It's hunting season. It is a time we all cannot wait for. 
it's here. Let's have a great season, guys. Everyone have a great week and take care. God bless.